The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Jared. I'm the online campus pastor. And I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Today is our one-year anniversary to have online services. We're excited in a couple weeks. We have Easter coming up. And we're so excited that we're going to be having our Norman services at 8.30 and 10.30 in Oklahoma City at 9.30 and 11.30. And then our online service will go live at 9.30. We want to encourage you to invite someone, whether that be in person or online, to come celebrate the life of Jesus. Today we're going to be continuing our study in Luke and You know, I think back to a time in elementary school where I enjoyed the finer things in life. And in elementary school, I was kind of a portly fella, and I enjoyed getting home from school and having a nice glass of hot chocolate or a nice glass of hot chocolate or cold milk if it was during the summertime and getting gummy bears, and I'd get my favorite picture book and sit and read that. But as elementary school went on, those books started having words in them, and that's whenever I stopped liking books because I was not really a big fan of reading. But my teacher in second grade was like, hey, if you read this many error points, you'll get to come to this pizza party. So if you put that reward on there, then I was at least begrudgingly willing to read. So I did all the work. I read all my AR points, and the day came where it was pizza party time. But something very tragic happened in my life that day. It wasn't just the people that finished their hour points. She let everybody come, which I was upset by that because in my mind, the less people there meant the more pizza that I can go back for. So I was very upset by that. Has there been a time in your life where somebody got something that they didn't deserve? We're going to be looking at a passage where Jesus is talking directly to that. We're going to be in Luke chapter 4. Um, Before this, the past couple weeks, we've been looking at Jesus being baptized and the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus. We saw Jesus in the wilderness and was tempted by Satan, but full of the Holy Spirit, he did not come to that temptation. So right above verse 16, we're going to look at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. So at this time, he had begun his ministry and he had already started to gain a crowd. And so this is where we pick up. He's coming to his hometown of Nazareth. Verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as it was his custom and he stood up to read. So at this point in time, it was very normal for different rabbis to come in and to preach and to read from the law in their synagogues. So this was not out of ordinary for Jesus to do this. And it also says he was very customary for him to go every single week, which if anybody can skip church, Jesus probably could, but he was still there. Verse 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the tenant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. 
Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you've heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widows Zarephath in the region of Zidion. And there were many Israels with leprosy in the time of Elisha, but the prophet, Elijah the prophet, yet not one of them was clean, cleansed, only Nahum the Syrian, in Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this, and they got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Father, I pray that as we dive into this scripture, God, you will open up our eyes to what you have for us. God, we thank you for coming for all of us. God, we love you in your awesome name. Amen. So I want us to answer two questions today. The first question is, what is Jesus's mission or what is Jesus all about? And then the second one is, why was what Jesus said so offensive to the people in the synagogue that day? So what is Jesus about? So Jesus is reading from Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. This was a prophetic text that was talking about the Savior of the world. So these Jews at this time would have known that this, what Jesus was reading was talking about the coming Messiah. So verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus was giving a brief outline of what his mission was going to be about. Kind of a brief like, hey, introduction of who I am. I remember in elementary school, our teacher would ask us, what's your name, your favorite color, and your favorite candy? And so you would stand up and say, I'm Jared, I like orange, my favorite candy's Skittles. And so Jesus was just giving a brief kind of, hey, this is what I'm going to be about. This is who I am. And so he said, he's going to proclaim the good news to the poor, not just the poor financially, but the poor in spirit. He was here to proclaim that the Savior of the world was here. The second thing, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, sight to the blind, and set the oppressed free. As we look at Jesus' life, we see that he did this physically and spiritually. He healed the blind, but he also opened the spiritual eyes of the people. He came to set free people from bondage of sin and the oppression of this world. Then the third thing that he said, he said he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is in correlation to the year of Jubilee. And at that time, it was about every 50 years, the year of Jubilee would happen when all prisoners would be, when all slaves would be let go and all debts would be made void. So what Jesus said was really, really good news. So why was it so offensive to the people at that time? After reading this, so Jesus continues, after reading this, he told them, I'm the Messiah. He says in verse 21, he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And at this point, I, whenever I was first reading this, I was like, oh, this is when the people are going to kind of get upset at him. But they're, they're not. Verse 22, it says, all people spoke well of him or amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? All spoke well of 
him at this point, but Jesus continues on, and this is kind of where he starts to stir the pot a little bit. He went on to say, the prophet is not welcome in his hometown. He knew these people would reject him. He used the example of Elijah, where, the, where in Israel there was a great famine, but Elijah went to help Zarephath in the region of Zidion. He used a second example of Elijah, where many of in Israel had leprosy, but only Elisha only went to Nahum the Syrian. So at this point is where they get very angry. So verse 28, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they had heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. So why were they so mad? I think there's two reasons. The first one is the Messiah is saving the wrong group of people. So what Jesus was saying is he did not just come for just the Jews, but he came to give grace to all people, to fulfill his mission to the world, not just to Israel. He was talking to a group of people that were considered the in crowd because of their lineage. They thought that Jesus only, the Messiah was only gonna come for them. They thought they deserved his grace. They thought because of who I am, I deserve what, he, what the Messiah is bringing. I think the second thing that they were really, really mad about was they knew Jesus. He grew up with these people. He wasn't what they were expecting. These Jews wanted somebody to come in and take them to the top and rise to power and be this powerful leader. But the world's kingdom and Jesus' kingdom were so different. Matthew 23, 12, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In Jesus' kingdom, in God's kingdom, it's not the powerful will rise, it's in the meek will rise. God wants us to be broken. He invites us to be broken in his hands. You know, we talk about, you know, it's not, it's okay to be broken, but it's not okay to stay there. I think it's not okay to stay there because we know who the healer is. We know that Jesus came to invite us in broken, messed up, junky people. You know, we've been talking weekly about for you and this statement of we're for people because God is for people. And it's completely changed how I interact with people. It changes how I've interacted with my neighbors, with my friends, with my family. And it was a couple months ago and I was at the church and I had saw a Facebook post from, from my neighbor and at his work, the chaplain there had said because of this guy's beliefs and because of his lifestyle, had said that he was worthless and had said that he wasn't deserving of God's love. And so I had read that and it had been kind of weighing on me. And so I get home that night and uh, just kind of sitting on my couch with my boys and watching some show, who knows what. And the Lord just kept saying, you need to go talk to him. And I just kept arguing and saying, no, like he knows that that's not what I'm about. He knows like I love him and I'm care for him. And, uh, but the Lord just kept pushing me and pushing me. And so I loaded up both boys and we walked over and sitting on that guy's front porch, I just got to look at him and say, man, God is for you. And I am for you. And my family is for you. Now, I, I wish that I could say that conversation of me telling him that God is for him and that God came for him changed his entire life and he's in church today and he's doing all this. No, but I will tell you, it did change my relationship with him. And 
Jesus came for him. He came for me. We're not perfect. I'm not in the in crowd of the Israelites. And that's who Jesus was talking to. Is he's talking to this group of people that felt like they were in crowd. But Jesus came for that outcast. And how does that sit with us? Us sitting here today, do you feel like people don't deserve God's grace? Is there somebody in your life that it's hard to have grace with? Well, Jesus said he came for those people. So we finish off the text with people taking him to the cliff in verse 30. Um, but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. We talked in the office. I don't really know how Jesus did this. I don't know if he, I mean, a whole crowd of people is carrying you to throw you off and then you just happen to walk away. I don't know if he did like a juke move or if it was like, oh my word, look what John the Baptist is eating. Not really sure what, what, how he did this, but then Todd brought up this great verse, John 10, 17 through 18. For this reason, the father loves me because I laid down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay down my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it back up again. This commandment I received from my father. Jesus almost died that day just telling people that he was for all people. But he laid down his life later on in his life to prove that he is for all people. And so today, what do we do with this text? For the believer, someone who has claimed and has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we have to be reminded daily that we don't deserve what Jesus came and did, but we get to rest in his grace. We have to remember that God is for people, so we are for people. We get to join in the mission of Jesus. We get to proclaim good news to the poor, get to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, sight to the blind and set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the Lord's, the year of the Lord's favor. I pray that we're reminded daily when we go through struggles and when we have hard times with people, that we're having a hard time giving them grace, that we're reminded that we didn't deserve this either. For anyone that's still checking out this church thing or Jesus, let me encourage you. Jesus came for the broken, the messed up people like myself and like you. You don't have to be perfect to have a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to be on the in crowd. Jesus came for all people. And if that is you and you wanna have a conversation more about this, I'd love for you to email me at jared at someoneonline.tv. I'd love to set up a Zoom or if you feel comfortable, we could go grab a coffee and I'd love to have more conversations about this Jesus who loves and cares for you. And he ultimately came and died on a cross and rose again, proving that he says he, who he is. Father, we thank you that you did come for all. Uh, Jesus, I think that um, gotta pray for us as we walk through our lives for the believers that have a hard time giving grace when it's not deserved. God, I pray that we're reminded of the grace that you give so freely. God, we love you. It's in your awesome name, amen.